Are you good at saying no, balancing all the things in your life, staying focused on the present moments, or do you tend to take on more than you should? Spend time worrying about things left undone? Carry the emotions of others with you? These are all important questions when we start to look at what self-care looks like for the youth worker. Taking time to ensure that you're practicing self-care is important because it will impact the work that you do with young people. Today, we are going to look at not only why self-care is important and biblical, but we're also going to look at six steps for self-care grounded in faith. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. You might be wondering why we are focusing on you, the youth worker today. Well, if you don't take care of yourself, who will be there to serve our young people? And as we enter the end of the year and things often get busier, I think it's a great time to pause and look at self-care. Let me begin by saying that I am not an expert in self-care. I am in progress and most likely will be my whole life. That said, you might be wondering why I'm doing a podcast then about self-care. Either that, or you're sure this is going to be the shortest podcast ever. Seriously though, regardless of our roles and responsibilities in life, we all need to practice self-care. It will make a difference in our health, our mental focus, and our ability to serve. And I know from personal experience that I am a better youth worker, a better parent, a better volunteer, when I am practicing self-care. The word self-care can mean different things for different people. Some might believe self-care is about a health regimen of healthy eating, exercise, sleep, and vitamins. Others might believe that self-care is about time away from our daily lives, solitude, rest, and reflection. Still, others might believe that self-care is really a spiritual experience where our heart rests, heals, and is replenished. And some might say, It's a little bit of all of these things. Today, when I am referencing self-care, I am talking about a reset in our life that allows us to focus in on Jesus, provides rest for our bodies, an assessment of our responsibilities, and a renewal of our heart. And just like the term self-care can mean different things to different people, how we practice self-care varies as well. Some people daily engage in self-care as a way of life, and as a protective response to stressors and overwhelm. Others find themselves at a place of struggle, and that's when they turn to self-care. For the most part, we come to it in our own timing, desire, or necessity. So my question becomes, how can we serve those that God has called us to serve if we are weary, worn down, unfocused, burdened? How can we use our gifts to serve others if we haven't taken care of ourselves? We are going to spend time looking at Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 to help us answer these questions. The verse tells us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now let's talk about six steps to practicing self-care that is grounded in faith. We're going to revisit these verses that I just shared as well. Step number one, invite God in. We see in Matthew that the verse begins with the phrase, come to me. Jesus has invited all of us to turn to him and lean on him. We have a permanent, nonstop invitation. So what does that look like in a more practical sense? First, we need to begin self-care by stopping and praying. We need to pray for space and time to care for ourselves. We need to pray for wisdom in regards to what we need to be doing. We need to pray for clarity in terms of all that is in our life and how exactly God has called us to serve. This act of prayer is ongoing, consistent, and even nonstop at times. Now, you may already have daily prayer in your life, but I want to challenge you to reflect on your prayers. Are you specifically asking Jesus to help you find a balance in your days that allow you to work, care for others, and serve others? Are you asking Jesus to guide you and offer wisdom as you serve the young people in your life? Are you naming the hurts, disappointments, and worries that you have for young people? As you pray, I want to encourage you to be intentional about asking for Jesus to reveal what you need that will allow you to continue to serve young people in the way he desires. Second, inviting God in also means being in his word, opening our Bibles. It means reading different scriptures and passages. For some people, a daily devotional offers the scripture while others participate in a Bible study. When I feel extra heaviness or weariness, a great place I like to spend in the Word is in the Psalms. The poetry of the Psalms combines praise and requests to God, and it just brings me comfort. Third, for me specifically, inviting God in means turning up the worship music. I actually love it when no one is home with me, and I can just turn on the music and sing and even dance around. There are moments I get so caught up in the music that I feel closer to God, and the heaviness I carried seems to be lifted. Now, if you were hoping for a video of me singing and dancing, that's not going to happen. But I will include a link in the show notes to a PDF file of one of my playlists. When we invite God in, we are truly asking Him to love us, provide for us, and heal us as we serve others. Step number two, assess your busy. The second step in practicing biblical self-care is to assess your busy. This step can be hard because sometimes it leads us to making decisions that are difficult or bring sadness if we decide we have to let go of things. Our verse tells us, all who labor and are heavy laden. That's that second part of the invitation to come to God. Here, Jesus is acknowledging that our spirit, our hearts, our minds might be burdened, might be heavy. Jesus knows that our lives can be busy. Jesus goes on to say, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Not only does Jesus acknowledge that we may be burdened while we are serving, but he also asks us to share and be partners with him in his work. Our calls to serving young people, to caring for our families, our community, can all be ways that Jesus has called us to serve. If we are open to learning from Jesus, I firmly believe that we need to assess how and why we are serving. When I assess my busy, the busyness of my life, I always like to start by looking at my calendar. One of the things that I am looking for in my calendar is white space. 
If there isn't very much, or if every day is full and has me going from early morning to late at night, I know that my busy is out of balance. That's always a sign for me that it is time to assess what needs to stay and what needs to go. Another way I assess my busy is to list all of the responsibilities that I have. Then I mark them non-negotiable versus chosen. I am sure I could justify everything on my list is non-negotiable, but honestly, that would defeat the purpose. Non-negotiables are things like taking care of my home, taking care of my kids, Bible study, prayer. The chosen responsibilities are things like preparing football team dinners, volunteering in a different role at church or in my community. As I look at the list, I add how much time each week I am spending on the chosen responsibilities. This is often eye-opening for me. From there, I go back to prayer and I ask God for more clarity about what needs to stay on my list and what maybe needs to shift for a season. Self-care doesn't mean that you can't volunteer and you can't serve in multiple places. It just means that you have to be able to balance your life in these roles. I learned years ago that my yes to one thing may have to mean a no to another. I just like to make sure that my yeses are what God has called me to. In fact, when I am in tune with how God has called me to love others and how to serve, it makes my no's a bit more clear and easier to give. Step number three, humble yourself. As we work to meet the needs of young people, we serve with our time, energy, and even our possessions. Youth workers are some of the most thoughtful, gentle, and unselfish people in regards to spending time with youth. Our verse tells us, For I am gentle and humble in heart. This is a great reminder for me that Jesus is my model for what a humble heart looks like. As I serve youth, I try to model that as well. At the same time, my passion to serve youth can put me in a position where I take on too much responsibility or desire to help outside of my realm and ability. Part of being humble is being truthful. This means I need to acknowledge that I cannot fix everything for young people. I cannot be the answer to all of their needs. No matter how much I care for the young people in my life, they too have responsibility for their own development and growth. And even more humbling, God may not intend to use me in the way I desire with every young person. Another part of being humble in regards to self-care is submission. As strong-willed as I am, I have to be honest and say this can be a challenge for me. Maybe part of it is not liking to let go of control, but the other part for me is that I am not really good at allowing others to care for me. Crazy, right? I am all about serving youth and serving other people. I love helping to care for others, but I am not good about asking for my needs to be met or even allowing others to care for me when they offer. Yet, in order to truly be in a place to continue to serve youth to the best of my ability, I have to allow others to help care for me. Maybe it's a meal, transportation for my kids to an activity, assistance with an activity or an event that I'm planning for youth. Whatever it is, I have to be willing to humble myself to allow others to be engaged too, and to allow others to help meet my needs. And the more I practice humbleness, the more I realize how important it is for me in taking care of myself. Step four, schedule rest. Not only does Matthew 11, 28 through 30 call all of us to him, but it says, I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. 
You know by now that serving youth or raising teens is not easy work. I say all the time that they are in development, changing, growing, figuring out who they are and what they believe. This is a constant state of flux, a constant state of motion for them. And as caring adults, we can get caught up in that constant motion. Jesus promises that when we turn to him, we will find rest. I believe this in part comes from the peace that we receive when we slow down enough to be fully in his presence. Bottom line, we also need to schedule actual periods of time to rest. Scheduling rest is important to our ability to lessen our stress, our burdens, our worries, our constant motion. That rest might be physical, emotional, mental, or a combination of all three. From a physical standpoint, rest allows our bodies to heal and to be able to be active with youth face-to-face. It allows us to do the work behind the scenes. It allows for the necessary energy to be fully present with our young people. And rest allows our immune systems to strengthen as well. Scheduling rest can also be a mental or emotional break from the role of serving youth. It might look like taking time away from creating curriculum, planning activities, leading discussions. It might be a break from texting or constant access to you as a youth leader. As a parent, it might be an early morning solo trip for coffee that allows you to reset for your day. No matter what rest looks like for us, when we include rest in our schedules, it allows us to keep showing up and to keep caring. Step number five, schedule time for play. Another part of self-care is scheduling time for play. The verse in Matthew ends with, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As I think about this verse, it is the promise that as I turn to Jesus and follow his desire to love and serve others, I will find freedom from my heaviness of burden and weariness. And when I experience this, I physically feel this sense of lightness. And that lightness makes me joyful and more excited to serve. That joyful spirit is something that I want to fuel. And one of the self-care ways I do that is to schedule time for play. For me, play is the activities, the hobbies that I like to do. It's the people that I like to spend time with. It's my free time that allows me to be creative, re-energized, and refills my cup. It's a renewal of my heart. One of the ways I love to play is by spending time as a family. This grounds me and always brings laughter whenever we're together. Whether it's dinner out, a card game, or a movie in, it's the sense of playfulness and joy that I cherish the most. Self-care needs to include a way to lift your spirits, renew your heart, and ignite joy. Step number six, own your self-care. Finally, we have to own our self-care. What I mean by that is several things. First, you have to make self-care a priority. You have to, in other words, make you a priority. You have to allow yourself time to practice self-care. If you take time away from serving youth or caring for your family, that's okay. You don't have to feel guilty about that. Just trust that self-care is going to allow you to serve better and to love a little more like Jesus. And if you decide that you don't need time away, you still need to figure out ways that you are taking care of yourself and you're replenishing your energy, your focus. Second, you need to be vocal about the ways that you're practicing self-care. When you say it aloud, it can make it seem more real, and others begin to understand that you are working to take care of yourself. This not only models what self-care looks like for young people, but it also encourages them to do the same. 
further. When people know what you are doing, it allows them to honor and respect the decisions that you make in terms of taking care of yourself. The bottom line, if we don't practice self-care, we are not going to be able to give young people our best. Self-care includes inviting God in, assessing your busy, humbling yourself, scheduling rest, scheduling time to play, and owning your own self-care. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you care about young people, and I know you want to help them become who God intended them to be. And as strange as this may sound, one of the ways you do that is by practicing self-care. As we wrap up today, I want to announce that I have made the decision to create a little more white space in my schedule for the rest of 2021. This will give me more time with family and friends, more time on my ministry, and more time to be with Jesus. What exactly does this mean for you and for our podcast? Well, the Jesus is my hashtag podcast will be taking an extended holiday break and will return Tuesday, January 4th with a new episode. I will still be posting each week on Facebook and Instagram, and I will continue to send out a weekly email to all my followers who signed up for that. To find out how you can stay connected, visit me at JesusIsMyHashtag.com. And in the meantime, I want to encourage you to practice self-care. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.